Welcome to the ColbyCast episode 105. Thank you for joining us. I think that everyone's had the experience of being on an airplane or in a public place, and it seems as if everyone has their head down, headphones on, and are staring at a screen. How many of us remember a time when strangers that you passed on the sidewalk would look you in the eye and smile? Today we're joined by Colby mom and etiquette expert, Rebecca Sharnecki, better known as Mrs. B from Tea with Mrs. B. Mrs. B shares with us how good manners help us to restore human dignity and bring some kindness and happiness into the world. She also describes how teaching manners in her tea room in Falls Church, Virginia is far from a dull affair. We hope that you'll enjoy the show. Hi there, I'm Bonnie, liturgical musician, popcorn and podcast fanatic, and Colby homeschooling mom to four lads and lasses of middle and high school age. And this is Stephen, homeschooling father of five and director of development for Colby Academy. We are all too familiar with the stereotype of homeschoolers being socially awkward, but time and again that is soundly disproven. In fact, homeschoolers all over the place show themselves to be quite adept in all sorts of social situations. How do they do that? How can we help our families cultivate good manners and social graces, and why should we? And what if we're a little iffy on social situations ourselves? Our guest today is an expert at etiquette and its place in our moment in time. Mrs. Rebecca Zarnicki, otherwise known as Mrs. B, is a Colby mom and a small business owner who teaches people of all ages how to behave. Mrs. B, welcome to the Colby Cast. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here and to be a part of the Colby community. Oh, we are delighted to have you with us. We've been looking forward to this conversation. Would you tell us about yourself and your family and your business? Absolutely. Well, first and foremost, I am a happy wife. For the last 16 years, I moved and married here to the DC area from Colorado and grew up moving all over the world about every three years. And really etiquette and cultural experiences were, were born into me with each of those moves. So when I arrived here to Virginia, just a stone's throw from DC, I was unpacking my belongings after we were married and moving in. And my five-year-old neighbor saw all of my collection of teacups and jumped at the opportunity for a cup of tea. And it really was born at that time. I I worked for a business, um, a large family office firm, and then wanted creativity, creative license, and more freedom, and the opportunity to express my creative side. And eventually Tea with Mrs. B was born. So we do have a brick and mortar location now in the city of Falls Church, Virginia, which is just about 20 minutes outside of the heart of DC. And we offer a lot of etiquette classes, camps, baby showers, bridal showers, um, and a whole variety of other special events. It sounds delightful. If I'm ever in that area, I'd be coming to find it. That's some amazing story, though, with all of your moving around, how that really informed how you're able to to provide these services, I bet. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. So fast forward a few years, and I now have an 11-year-old son, Simon, and a three-year-old daughter, Victoria, both incredible miracles in and of their own rights. 
but um, they have been along this journey and building a small business and maintaining it through COVID and through homeschooling. And it has been so much fun for them to be able to see what it takes to go in and, and run a small business. Oh, sure. They have a close seat for that. So how long have you been homeschooling? We decided to begin homeschooling this year, and it was very much a last minute uh, decision, mainly based on masks. There was something instinctual, and I thought this is not right for my son. And as a mother and a wife, you, I realized that that was one of the points where that had to supersede anything else. Um, and so I gave him the opportunity to do homeschooling or private school. And both my husband and I laid out, you know, the, the pros and cons to each and we let him decide. And I realized if you're going to give a child a pony, we have to be able to ride that pony and exercise that pony as well. And so my whole team saddled up with me and we have been on the most incredible journey this last year into homeschooling. So it's not to say that it's been an easy ride, but it has been an adventurous ride and one that I will never regret, one that I truly look at besides being a wife um, and mother is the greatest career that I could have chosen. That is so true that there's so much goodness that comes from it, but that doesn't mean that there aren't challenges that come along with it. Yeah. So what do your days kind of look like? Are they all over the place? Well, I thinking about it, I thought, what do my days look like? We're often <laughs> going so fast and just flying by the seat of our, our pants around here. And sometimes I feel like my head would just, you know, fall to pieces if I didn't have my, my hairpins in, <laughs> but I have a team, a small team of uh, three staff and a few part-time people. And First, we get up and we have breakfast every morning as a family. I think any sort of routine that you can set is a reliable uh, foundation and strength for anyone at any age. And you pick healthy choices for those routines. So you get up, you have a cup of tea, you go for a walk, you do your stretches, you have prayer time, um, you have family time, and then you dash out the door. And I will often say, here's my to-do list. And Dear Lord, please just mark off whatever is not meant to be on my list and usher in the things that should be on my list. But um, Bonnie, I truly believe that if I can end the day with a smile and time with my family, then it has been a successful day for my business, for my personal life, for my children's life, for my relationship with my husband and my, my faith life. I really love how you phrased what what you have on your agenda and that that offering of here's what I think it is, but please direct my attention and my efforts to where you want them to be, Lord. That's that's inspirational. Well, I'm no stranger to hearing the word no, and I am no stranger to falling down and climbing back up. And I think as an entrepreneur, as a, a wife, as a daughter, as a mother, as a homeschool teacher, we will hit bumps in the road and it's just a matter of learning how to brace ourselves and how to spring back from those challenges and those difficulties and get back on track. So learning to forgive yourself, learning to 
um, you know, get back into those routines. So if you have a day off and you're totally thrown for a loop, you know, or you have family or friends visiting from out of town and those routines are offset, getting right back to that as soon as you can is really um, something that has stabilized and strengthened us in this, in this homeschooling journey. So most definitely scheduling, uh, but knowing when opportunity knocks, I think as you know, in all my roles, when I hear that little door knocking, rat-a-tat-tat-tat-tat, I can usually tell if it's something that I want to answer. And I, I try to do so graciously and gratefully and realizing that each of, you know, those opportunities are, are gifts from God. That really stands out to me as well. And again, I, Bonnie mentioned this already, but I love that idea of letting God kind of adjust your schedule for you, right? Because, you know, so, well, at least for me as a father, I think I've got a plan and I'm ready to hit that schedule right on time, get out the door. And then one of my children says, dad, this is broken. Can you fix it? <laughs> it's like, well, that, well, over time, I think the response time has, has grown a little bit, fortunately for me, but there's a, there's a decision then at that point, whether you're going to say, is this going to ruin my day? Because there's something unexpected that needs to be done, or you're going to be like, don't know what your plan is, God, but here we go. We'll take care of this and we'll see what happens from here on out. Yeah. Kind of letting, letting go of those things is, it seems like a, like very important advice when, when yeah. you have to. Well, I sometimes throw those little bumps in the road myself. I, my husband <laughs> is very much a type A personality and I am definitely a last minute fly by the seat of our pants mother and and every day that he leaves i tell our little three-year-old oh, daddy didn't give you a hug even though he just did a hug and a kiss and pause right at the kitchen table as he was leaving and she springs up from the table and bounds down throughout the door slams the door or leaves it wide open and then trots down to his car and makes him and and it's such a sweet, tender moment because he pauses everything and puts his bag down and kneels down and gives her a big hug. And it's just intent. It's really an intentional interruption into our very busy day and schedule. And the same thing when he arrives home or I arrive home, we encourage that where everything stops and we just reconnect and in you know, in the busyness of our lives, all of us, small business owners or employees or stay-at-home moms or homeschoolers, everyone is busy. And unless you allow yourself those opportunities to just laugh and to just delight in these little silly nothings, we lose sight of the point of our days and, and the purpose of it. So I often like to think of God laughing at me the way that I laugh at my daughter, doing <laughs> things intentionally in her path and my son's path as well. And so often it's those those unexpected, the, the things that weren't written into the agenda, that those are the memorable things, the important things, and those that stick in our minds afterward and how we all respond to them. Yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah, again, wow, just, just that, that laugh. Mm -hmm. That again is the right, to me, what I've been thinking about a lot recently is just that you, yeah, you can get upset about it or you can just laugh. You know, you can just, like you said, like, think of just as you're laughing at those funny things with your daughter. 
Yes. And we even at the tea room practice our smiles. We have a smile number one, a smile number two, and a smile number three, appropriate for many different occasions in life, but also practicing your laugh. And what does your laugh sound like? I had a dear friend in college who had the most heinous laugh. And I thought, did no one ever practice that with you? Did you never get recorded and hear what this sounds like? And he was the most incredible man, but the laugh was just unreal. <laughs> it was it was a showstopper. Everyone just stopped. And but also at the same time, they began to laugh because of his laughter. So what an example as well for your children, seeing how you respond with the mirth that you're able to to show that's the response you choose rather than something else. How instructive for, for those your children and everyone else watching. And even learning and letting them see us backtrack and ask for forgiveness and letting them see us get upset and lose our temper, but then come back around the way that we would want them to come back around and and not holding grudges for too long and moving on you know, with a joyful life. How do you want to feel? What, what do you want to feel weighed down or do you want to be light and airy and joyful and sing and twirl through the grocery store and smile at strangers and, you know, wave to people who stop for you to let you cross the road and wink at them. And, you know, there's, there's just so many ways of um, nonverbal communication that is taught through the manners, etiquette, social graces, protocol, that you can call on. And that's, that's what I've delighted in sharing with thousands of people in the DC area and beyond. And even having the YouTube channel and, and being able to take that even further than the, our, our immediate locality here and sharing some of those lessons that I've learned and teach here with people all over the world. Yes, the YouTube channel is a lot of fun. I have spent quite a bit of time there once I discovered it. And, and you have such fun bite-sized lessons. They're, they're quite well-timed so that they are easy to get the message and practice it. And then without it being a lot of extra stuff like I tend to do, just talking and talking. So I really like how you have done that. We were talking before we started recording about how those videos came to be during COVID times when you were finding ways to respond with laughter to the circumstances you found yourself in with your tea room and the impact of COVID on it. Do you want to tell us a little bit about how those came to be? Well, the YouTube videos, I refuse to do nothing and <laughs> as if I would be doing nothing, but I thought I can't forsake my first baby. And that is this little business. And I thought, what can we do? So we pivoted and we offered tea party to go boxes. We offered the small group tea parties at the tea room. So we have a refurbished warehouse in a uh, business district in the city of Falls Church, very fun old area. And, it, and I love the, the juxtaposition of that space because it's a warehouse. And so you're, you walk up to it and there's a bike shop across the street and there's a design build company next door and a Krav Maga uh, self-defense class, a few doors down, garage doors down, and then a sign company next door to us. And so often I'll hear people say, are we in the right place? And then when they open the door, they see these luscious walls filled with plates and, and trinkets from every which corner of the world. And they just, oh, 
gasp for air at and delight in all of their senses being stirred up with the beautiful candles burning and and the music and the textures and the old feel of of what houses used to be filled with and and it's just wonderful because i i relay that to manners and you don't always get what you think you're going to i've met homeless people with the most divine approach and interaction and i have met some of the wealthiest people who are just devoid of common courtesies but i think once someone feels what it is like to receive a thoughtful interaction and a meaningful interaction they yearn for it themselves and that starts the ball rolling and you know the a good exchange of of manners and thoughtful interactions one of your videos there was a line at the end i'm probably going to botch it it was along the lines of good manners are a gift we give to others and it seems like that speaks to what you're saying that how when we present those to them give them the gift of honoring their dignity that they are inspired to respond in kind absolutely it's like a smile i i ask the children now after we've practiced our smiles is it okay to smile at a stranger? And many of them will often say no. (gasps) And some will even pipe up and whisper stranger danger. And I say, now, wait a second. We were all just strangers a minute ago, but can you kiss a stranger? And then they scream, no, (laughs) no, no, no. And then I ask them, is it okay to smile at a stranger? And they all realize, well, actually, yes, that is okay. And I'll find myself smiling at people, even in cars next to me. And the immediate reaction that you get from them is, is just pure delight. It is pure joy to see someone who looks so grumpy or is sitting there picking their nose, you know, turn and, and realize, oh dear, that could be my mother's friend or why is she smiling at me? And it is a total distraction from the heavy thoughts of the day, you know, do I know that person? Oh, where do I know them from? Is it something I enjoy doing? Or was it something silly? Or, you know, what are the things am I engaged in? And it's just a way of networking, a very simple way of networking, eye contact, the smiling, and then all of the other protocol that comes along with it. How do you shake a hand? What do you do after COVID? And all of those things are very easily taught over a cup of tea. And it's just the perfect way to savor a sweet lesson in life with a few sugar cubes or honey from my beehives Mm -hmm. and laughter, tiaras and pearls and fascinators and gloves and high heels. Delightful. (laughs) That's sort of a long answer there, isn't it? That's wonderful. I love it. It sounds so enjoyable and a way to make a positive difference in someone's day and and that is part of our call to living out our baptismal call, right? Is that yes. reflecting Christ to others. And here's a very simple way to do it. Yep. Yeah. It's particularly res- restorative. I'm not sure that's the right word. It, it's, it brings me back. I grew up in rural Wisconsin. And in rural Wisconsin, you basically, growing up, you knew everybody. At least my parents did. And you, you, when you're driving down the street, everybody would wave at you in the oncoming cars and things. And there was just this 
or if if you were at the side of the road, people I used to like to walk just long distances, and people would stop and say, you know, are you okay? Do you need any help? And you know that doesn't happen as much anymore. And I spent the last well, not this last year, but the prior 16 years in California. And that in particular is is a very different world where you don't look at, you don't tend to look at other people, you don't tend to talk to other people, or people don't for the most part. But then kind of coming back to Arkansas now, I'm getting a little bit of a glimpse back of, of what I grew up with where this friendliness. And so just as you're saying that, just the little things you can do to actually restore that kindness that um thoughtfulness of other people yeah. seems really important well and it's it's a human connection that we yearn mm -hmm. for and yeah. what quality of connection do you want to have is it a you know a library or you know restaurant connection at starbucks or do you want the super speed you know fiber optics cable with other people and it begins with the smallest gestures of how do you look at someone do you smile do you say hello good morning or do you just say hi and two words that mean the same thing can be delivered in very different ways like you said bonnie as as a present and i sure like to receive presents that are beautifully wrapped and with a big bow and maybe a doily inside and confetti <laughs> that flies out when you, when you rip it open <laughs> Sure, it's that just those small moments, and they don't take a lot. Yeah, and yeah. it speaks right to, I my understanding of good etiquette, good manners, being honoring the dignity of the other person. Not so much like a highfalutin, like I'm better than you, snotty kind of thing. That's totally not. I think sometimes etiquette and manners, the study of them, kind of gets a bad rap toward that end. Like this is some kind of hoity-toity yes, thing, often, but actually, mm -mm. yes, it's yeah. often very, like you say, uh, very negative. And I've fought that over the last 16 years, building this business is it's not a cotillion class. It's a way to polish your jewels. It's like getting dirty and gardening and your beautiful jewels have dirt and grime and grease and lotion on them. And how do you polish those up? Well, you brush them and you think about these things and you practice it a little bit and you figure out what's comfortable for you. And, and the more you do, the more you want to do, because really it is a gift that you give someone else, but it is a currency that you yourself are investing in. And when you do that, people treat you differently. You see yourself differently. You feel differently. It's an internal development that happens and it can happen from the ripe age of two years old, even, you know, six months old. And even as old as 99 and 100, we have hosted so many, the age range of tea party and etiquette um, attendees is just magnificent because it reminds me that no one is perfect. And there have existed since the dawn of creation rules for how to live and behave. And the most supreme are the Ten Commandments. And everything sort of trickles down from that. So it's always existed, but the method in which we teach, the method in which we approach um, learning it is can be creative and it can be fun and it can be positive. So I'm definitely of the mind that when we're teaching these lessons to small children, young children, make it positive, highlight the good and what they've done and how they've done it and try not to 
dwell on what's going wrong. And the same could be said for homeschooling. <laughs> yeah, right? Right. <laughs> That's so true. And in homeschooling, we have, this comes up from time to time, how we have the opportunity by spending a lot more time together throughout the day, we see all the ups and downs of, of how life goes with just with everyone around. And we have the opportunity to see each other at our best and not just when we're tired from the day and experience more of that together. Um, I wanted to ask you, though, what would you tell other parents running their own businesses when discerning if transitioning to home education would be a good move for them? So I think it can be done under any circumstance. I think that when we jumped into this arena, I it was very last minute. It was a week before school started, and we made this executive decision, and then it was just try to catch all the loose ends and put them together and, you know, weave something that was, you know, doable. And so the first step was finding a support system. And that starts within your own business and your own company and knowing who you can rely on, communicating with them, what you're doing and what you're thinking and let them be a part of your journey and asking for the grace, you know, down the road that you, that you will have to receive in order to to do this uh, fully and completely and it it just will things will get left undone and things will be delayed but like a good friend always says is everyone dies with a to-do list no one ever gets that list done and so just realizing that making that routine and trying to carve out the time and set priorities and get the things done that you need to for work is very important. So having a good team, but then what I love about Colby is it was the, the frame for the education that I was providing to Simon. And it gave me the outline. It gave me the amounts that I needed to read each day. It gave me the books. And from there, we were able to spring and jump into the other areas that piqued our interest. So um, anyone that is considering homeschooling, I think it is the best decision I ever made. And that is coming from a very successful marriage. It is coming from a life of adventure in my business. This is, I will never regret even the ups and downs you know, of, of doing this and the frustration and learning to sacrifice, um, you know, and, and the fear facing the fear of, of thinking that I'm not doing enough or is my child falling behind or are we having too much fun or am I being too strict and just realizing, yes, you will sway, but when you are centered in a life of faith and devotion it's so easy to come back to center and to not be blown off course and to feel defeated. So definitely balance, definitely um, having a good team um, and staff, finding a curriculum, but then also going beyond your comfort zones, finding a, a group that you can connect with and, and support you and connect in, in not just uh, academic ways, but having friends that you can do outings with and educational and fun things as well. But at the end of the day, Miss Bonnie, really the greatest thing is, is realizing that the time that we invest in our children will never be 
a poor investment will never not pay off. It will, there will always be dividends in that. And it's not immediate dividends. It's long-term. It's like putting money into your savings account. And one day you're going to have this incredible relationship and everyone else will think, how in the world did you do this? And it was from moments like these, mm-hmm. but ending it in joy, you know, learning the art of sacrifice, because I've cut out a lot of my own personal relationships. I've cut out a lot of my free time. I don't get my hair dyed as often. I don't do manicures and pedicures. I don't go for as long of runs or walks. I don't, you know, do lunches out with my friends. I don't go shopping. So I've had to make those fun sacrifices, but I get to travel with my children to ski for a week and do studies, you know, outside in the garden and listen to the birds and fling worms at, you know, at the birds. (laughs) So there's a trade-off. And I think treating yourself every day, you know, dealing with the hard things, but then having a reward at the end and making sure by the end of the day, you can smile. It stands out from the earlier part where you're talking about even with strangers, how that smile can make such a difference. One, I, I find at least with homeschooling with, well, and now I work out of the home here at Colby. So, but one of the phenomenal things is those little interactions during the day. So I'm there at my computer and my son comes by and it's like, dad, I found this snake. And, and you know, he's excited and, and you can share that moment where, you know, if he's off at school, right. I don't get those, those little touch points and that, that those opportunities to, to either have joy or, you know, came in and scraped up his knee, you take care of him. And, you know, so I just find even connecting those two things that those little touch points just have meant a lot in our family, at least right. those opportunities. Being present. And there is yeah. no time better than today to be able to do this with technology and being able to work from home and being able to take calls at the grocery store or the doctor or, or, you know, the, the outdoor um, class that you attend, it's all of that is makes running a business and, and staying in the business world a lot easier. And, and the resources that Colby provides even beyond the textbook and you know, home classroom style support. They have online programs, they have counselors, they have administrators. This is the best time to be homeschooling than ever in the history of, well, modern education. (laughs) Because before that there was homeschooling. Right, right. Right. But I think the goal in, in homeschooling for us has been for me to foster a love of learning for my son and to let see that trickle down to a three-year-old has been marvelous. And she'll joyfully say, let's do homework. You know, and, <laughs> and I just don't know any other children who look forward to, to working and learning. And that I think is the greatest joy that I've reaped from this year, because no matter what challenges he needs to deal with, he will be able to open a dictionary and look up something online and ask questions to people and figure out who's good at what and connect dots, which is, is really a love of learning and, and learning to learn on his own, not waiting for someone else to spoon feed him, whatever they think and whatever they believe and whatever they have learned. It's, it's a way for a a truly classical education and a truly uh, free education. Exactly. Those are 
I think you said that so well. Yeah, that just makes makes me think of I you lose track of it a little bit, I think, as a homeschooler at times, just how much that even occurs without you thinking of it. And you, as you were, as you were talking about these things, I was thinking, yeah, just in the recent weeks, both my son and I, who's a who's going to be in eleventh grade next year, but we both love American history and the presidents, and and so we've spent hours over the last couple of weeks trying to go through president by president, all of the presidents of the United States in order and talk about like what they did. And we're trying to remember them without using any sort of funny things. But I'm thinking, how often would that happen that you know, you know your child comes home? It's like, dad, so I've got the first 18 down and you know, here they are. And yeah, I don't even really think joy. about it, but yeah. yeah that's it, a great way fun. to see it is that conversation continues and it doesn't just stop at 315 when the bell rings. And when you ask a child, what did you learn today? And they say, uh, nothing. Yeah. Having them be able to exuberantly respond. I did integers and I really hated them before this morning, <laughs> but then I got it. <laughs> yes. Yep. Well, and I've learned it as well, Mr. Steven, it learning hit American history in this new way has been so enriching for me and realizing that here we are in the, the nation's capital and how much history has transpired here and you know what actually took place, the foundation of this great country and how it changed the world in such phenomenal ways. I, I knew these things, but not until now and reading through the history books and thinking, you know, well, what about these great Indians and why do we call it the Sequoia tree? And what was it about Sequoia, the Indian that that we so loved and admired and, and just being able to dig and foster the love of learning for myself. It's sort of a, a greedy approach, but I do <laughs> love certain subjects and I absolutely, it's like getting dessert in the middle of the day. That was exactly my case that I was not a, a big fan of us history, but it was both my son's interest and then their love of the musical Hamilton as well that got me reading and then I just couldn't stop and then being able to discuss with my son and, and oh. things was yeah so I'm I'm similarly was inspired by my children I guess but that's awesome that's awesome I'm, I'm really inspired by so much of what you said and about that love of learning how do you how do you then take that as you've been working with your son through his homeschool courses, how do you then take that out into the world and, and share the joy with others? So, and many people will call that socialization. Where, <laughs> oh, how does the that fit into your day? <laughs> well, we are out and about left and right. And if you're not part of a club, unfortunately we did not get into a club and um, going forward, we certainly will do that where he can spend a day in the company of other homeschoolers, learning together, playing together, and just letting off that energy and steam. But it is with every single person that crosses your path. So if we go to the post office, they say goodbye with me. They say hello. If we're on a bike ride, they wave and they smile. If we cross the road, you turn to look at the car and you wave to them. And sometimes if it's a really busy street, you blow a kiss at them and <laughs> then you giggle and laugh. But the socialization comes not just at social gatherings and planned events. It happens anytime you interact with someone else. And that's the art of the manners that we teach at the tea room is that these are not just for formal occasions. These are for everyday occasions. And that is a great little blip out of the storybook that we just published. 
Yes. And my mom illustrated. Oh, wow. But it is manners are not just for special occasions and they're not just to be pulled out when you want to show off. They are to make you feel good, to make you feel rich, to make you feel respected and revered and honored. Yes, I, w- I was hoping we would get to this about, about the place and necessity that social graces and manners and etiquette have for us as Catholics and for everyone. You, you've spoken to that so much already and cultivating them from a young age. As our kids grow up into adolescence and young adulthood, do you find your approach changes a bit? Well, I've, I have found that um, stretching ourselves beyond our comfort zone is really a good exercise. And so on some of the busiest days of the week, I will make and plan to make more food than what we actually need. And I'll invite a neighbor family to join us for dinner. And it's such a grateful (laughs) invitation (laughs) by the, the other families and mothers that are, you know, get a day off of cooking. And I love tea parties because it's not a formal meal. So it's not a two hour production. It's a, Hey, come join us for, you know, 30 minutes of history or math or just pop by in the afternoon and join us for tea and cake. And everyone, boys, girls, grandmas, grandpas, toddlers, everyone loves a sweet cake and a nice cup of tea or coffee. So I found that with the business, with homeschooling, tea has really been a, a beautiful segue into nurturing relationships and the art of, of social graces and manners and etiquette. And it, it's a good lesson for everybody, adults included, to take that moment to just slow down for just a minute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. What about parents who might be uncomfortable in social situations, maybe at least hosting them, rec- fully recognizing their importance of, of being a part of community and even hosting events or informal to formal, however it is, for those who are less comfortable doing that what do you have to say to, to such folks? I say, just find where you are comfortable and grow where you're planted. Whatever your God-given gift is, share that with the world and go in that direction. Mine was entertaining and being an 11 o'clock scholar and tap dancing across the stage and twirling and making things fancy and fun. My son's is not so much that way. He's very much an introvert, but he loves to serve tea to my friends and I, if they come over or topping off our glass of Prosecco and, you know, hosting, learning to host and kind of be behind the scenes or ushering someone out with an umbrella if it's raining and oftentimes encouraged by me, but not verbally. I have and teach a lot of secret clues at the tea room. So Mm. instead of, you know, chewing with your mouth open, it's to pinch your little fingers, to make them squeeze together, to look like a a mouth that's closed. And it's just a simple reminder, oh, chew with your mouth closed. If you need to say thank you, it's doing the sign language from your chin down and giving them a wink or, and then doing that signal. And then that cues them for that for that engagement and it doesn't still their thunder. Um, yeah. So, you know, happily going along and, and engaging others in these social situations and, but also realizing what do you enjoy and just go do that. Sure. Cause the joy of that, that that brings 
it's motivation for you and it and it helps draw others in it's attractive to other people to see yes it makes you very very comfortable there's there's an element of comfort and when you're comfortable in a situation you're going to be able to graduate to the next level and enjoy those situations socially sure. what have we not gotten to that you'd like to talk about one of the main takeaways that I've learned in homeschooling and having a business is that we're never too young to start learning. We're never too young to learn manners and to practice kindness. Uh, all of this is about a perspective and an awareness of what's going on around us, being able to anticipate and engage and, and thereafter enjoy whatever situation we find ourselves in. So there have been rules for ages, but really it comes down to treating others the way that you want to be treated and, and savoring the time that we have with those around us, because there's no guarantees for tomorrow. It, it is really about the present moment. I'm very, I'm very grateful that you, well, I'm happy to hear that you're doing this sort of thing, because it sounds like you know, based on those, as we've talked about those, those Catholic or Christian charity gratitude for people. So you basically, you've got this basis for this, but um, the first time I was ever exposed to some sort of formal etiquette sort of thing, I was just amazed actually, because um, I kind of, I guess I relate it back to when I would dance in college, ballroom dancing, and people would say, oh, just get out there and dance. And it's like, well, I don't know how to do the salsa. So I can't go out and lead a dance because I don't know how to do it. And the etiquette kind of reminded me of that where it was giving guidelines for, here's what you do in this situation where I was just lost before. And so I was, I was amazed that there were these, you know, rules kind of, but, but more just here, if you know this, then you can act naturally and not not make it up and feel confused and self-conscious or whatever in a situation. So, but the way you do it just sounds like it's a party with, with learning manners too, which well, isn't sounds it more Mary fun. Poppins who says that a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Yes. Sounds like more than a spoonful of sugar though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes we get two or three spoonfuls, but it's great because sugar sinks to the bottom of the cup. And oftentimes they don't realize that they need to stir it up to get it. Oh, Okay, quite as much. That's funny. The The rules of etiquette seem like the outline we use to record this episode. Like it gives us something, we have some, we know what to expect in a general sense. We kind of have, all have an idea of what's going on so we can kind of enter in more fully to the conversation or whatever gathering is, is happening. Well, it's much like that for the mass for me. When I go to mass, when I was a child, I didn't understand why we genuflected in front of the cross and why we knelt for parts of the mass and why we stood and and as I've grown older and I've learned more about those traditions and those um, those protocols I've been able to understand the mass more and to appreciate what's being said and what's being done and knowledge is key the more you know the more you can learn the more you can share the more you can do the more interested and interesting you are. So I think just the fact that we are aware to some of these little nuances to life, it, it changes the level of and quality of, of life that we lead. Mm -hmm. 
So I would invite any of the listeners and people who are here in this community that if you are ever in the Washington DC area and are looking for a place to have a small group private tea, we have held this over from COVID times and will often serve private teas during the week, but we are available for baby showers and bridal parties and birthdays as well as etiquette classes and camps. So fun. I wish I were closer. I'd be there. I'm going to put it on my list if I ever get there. Yes, please do. So for those of us who are not near there, you have the YouTube channel where you referenced Instagram. You have a book that just came out. Tell us about your book. Yes. Yeah, so the book was many years in the making and uh, it was an idea that I had realizing that in my business, I had created a personality instead of a product and for people to experience what I had to offer, they had to be present. And so I thought a book was the perfect way and went to work finding illustrators and searching high and low and writing and editing. And fast forward eight years, my mother turned out to be the perfect illustrator. She is like a mystery artist, but it's just so whimsical and a style all in of her own, but it's pictures from the tea room that we had taken and she, she illustrated. And it's just some of the basic foundation of manners. How do you say hello? And, and how do you look someone in the eye? And what do you do when you meet someone new? And the little, the little basic lessons that really are a very good delight for anyone reading the story to a child to think about themselves. So it makes for a great coffee table book and anyone who loves tea, it's, it's, a wonderful package that we can send out to anyone anywhere. Sounds fantastic. Thank you so much. Well, I sure appreciate being a part of this community and I am just thrilled to continue the journey and to call myself a homeschooling family. We're so glad you're among us and we really appreciate you coming to talk to us today and sharing of yourself and the way you have put your gifts in service to your community and the Colby community as well. Thank you so much, Mrs. B. Yes. My pleasure. Subscribe to the Colby Cast on your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss an episode. And let us know how we're doing by leaving a rating or review. And as always, feel free to email us at podcast at colby.org. Mary, our mother, pray for us. St. Maximilian Colby, pray for us. Ad maiorem Dei Gloriam.